Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yes. What, what you got for us here today? So I decided... Uh, since this is coming out on July 16th, yep. I would provide you three random facts that happened on July 16th. Oh. In 1439, kissing was banned in England to stop the Black Death from spreading. And how did that work out? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> and then uh, in... Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. And Say then no more. in 1790, Congress declared D.C., Washington, D.C., to be the capital. Okay. No one ever regretted that decision. Moving on, yes. Yep. And then for my third random fact, in 1941, it was 100 degrees, which was the highest temperature ever recorded in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Yeah, well, you know, 100 degrees. Mid-July, that makes sense, but yeah, highest temperature ever recorded was in 1941. 1941. Yep. Well, clearly global warming is a lie then. (laughs) What more evidence do we need? I mean, I knew it was, you know, rainy in Seattle, but now it's... rainy. It's it's, quite cool. It's rainy and hot. Oh, the humidity. Oh, my hair would just like... It'd be like you step outside and it's like a wet washcloth just hit your face. Yeah, it's like, like you're in, like you're in someone's mouth. Yeah. Gross. Okay. Ugh. Back and then we're now we're back to the kissing. And now we're there back to the kissing. All together. And yep. the plague. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of plague, I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. And this is Wait, Susan wait, 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 what? What do you mean what? What did it, wait, what it made we, perfect sense in my brain. What do we have to do with the plague? We have a lot I don't if you have to ask. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, what are we, what are we, why are we here? What are we do? Uh, we discuss children's picture books. We do with that. Mm-hmm. And whether they are classics or not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Depending yep. on how well our voices are. Yeah, that's right. And my voice is... It's back. 95%. Yeah, it's no longer 95%. Kathleen Turner. I did, it's not. So that's a marked improvement. Yeah. You went I, from Kathleen Turner to not, you're not quite a Betty Boop. No. You're more like was I a... Ever Betty Boop? Is that my normal voice? <laughs> no. Hi, everybody. Golly. <laughs> I'm just going to do the podcast like that from now on. Yeah, can it be? <laughs> that won't get annoying. This is so awesome. Straight. I can't. That, then I don't know what that was. Yeah. I don't know. That was like Ado Annie, I think, for a second there. Um, anyway. Anywho. <laughs> right. We read picture books and we determine uh, their classic yep. status. On a scale from one to ten. On a scale of one to ten because... We're mathematically inclined humans. Yes, indeed. So today's book is of a scatological ilk. What? Scatological ilk. Skele- that kind of gives ske- it away, skele- actually. Skeletal elks. Nope. Got it. Skele- yes, it's full of skeletal elks. <laughs> and their bones are so rumbly-dumbly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a picture book, that is. We'll write that up. The rumbly-dumbly bones of the scatological elks. Wait, no, no that's wrong. Skeletal elks. That would be, yeah, scatological elks would be yeah. horrific. No, okay, no. we're not writing that book. But we are pulling this book out of the bag. Drum roll, please. Ta-da! Even poops. Okay, I'm going to have to turn this to the spine, because you're obviously not... Oh, 
Uh, Taro Gomi. Nope, nope, that's still up. Well, everyone poops. Everyone poops. That's much better, yes. They got a bar over there. I know. My my library went through a period where they thought it was a brilliant idea to put the barcodes right smack dab in the center, upper center of every book. Thereby obscuring every title we had. Yeah, they just wanted people to read the poops. Otherwise, it would have been just everyone. Isn't it strange they didn't put it over the poops? I would have certainly have been like, everyone, P.S.? That's what I would have had. It, it would just thing. be everyone, and then you have these four pictures, and you have to guess what they yes. all have in common. Yes. That'd be kind of and fun. And good luck with that, because these four pictures on the cover consist of uh, a boy, we'll say it's a boy, the rear end of a horse, a Canadian goose, and a partially eaten apple, such as one might find on one's Apple computer. Yeah. Kind of yeah. reminds me of Moriarty when he takes the bite out of the apple and gives it to Sherlock. I had completely forgotten that. Yeah. It reminds me of Alan Turing, because that's how he killed himself. Both involving Benedict Cumberbatch. True. There you go. Beware of apples, I think, is the uh, the lesson. Yep. <laughs> Beware and Benedict Cumberbatch. Exactly. <laughs> Beware of them both. I wonder if he poops. Uh, I think it's safe to say, probably. Okay. <laughs> and if he doesn't, we have more problems than we thought. Okay. All right. In the meantime, take this book, read this book, determine its quality. Okay. High quality. Right. High I could make so many really gross puns you can't, right now. You can't look at it now. I, and save your gross puns. There will come a time, okay. my child, okay. when you will be able to use them. Okay. But we can't we can't shoot the moon too early on this. Okay. Yeah. While Kate does her read, uh, and apparently has never seen this or heard this book before, which is a bit of a shocker to me, uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. Now, Taro Gomi the author of this book, uh, did not become the household name he could have after its publication, though he certainly could have. Here in the States, we know so little about him, uh, in spite of the fact he's one of the most prolific children's book illustrators out there. He lives in Japan, and he's published more than 400 books in total. Uh, By the way, you should check out his website, which is www.gomitaro.com. It is well worth a visit. Here in the States, uh, his books just keep coming out, uh, and they come out many years after they've come out in Japan. Right now, this year, out in August of this year, we'll see The Crocodile and the Dentist, uh, which Chronicle Books is publishing. It is entirely charming and uh, came out in Japan more than a decade ago. Who knew? And we're back. This is one of, this is a fun book, man. Is it a fun book? I had no idea. The funny thing is, I took this home, and then I, I showed it to my son this evening, and I was like, oh, I do have another book in my bag, because he was bugging me for another book, and I'm like, well, it's this book, and I pull it out, and he's like, oh, we have another daycare. He knew everything about it. He was just, like, flipping through, like, yeah, oh, yeah, we have a daycare, yeah, totally, yeah. I was never read this book. Well, that is because it came out in 1993. You would have been a oh. bit too old for yeah. it. Just, uh, just a little too old No, I still don't think I would have been read this book. I think I remember it from... Somewhere at the time, I remember it, it became like this massive hit. It's been referenced like a billion times. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Because I don't know of any books that talk about poop except for this one, and I've heard the title. I've never yeah. read it though. Oh, you have heard the title? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's heard the title. Sure. Come on. Okay, I wasn't sure. And you I can didn't assume know. that it's about what's in the title. Well, yeah. If it's going to be about flowers and rainbows and unicorns, that's a bad title. But. I got all sorts of stuff on this. Oh, do you? You get ready. Oh, okay. Ready for this? I'm, I'm buckling in. So on this first page. Yeah. It says, 
Well, you're implied that there's, like, all these different kinds of poop, right? It's right. The, it's the title page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got big poop, little poop, kind of wormy poop. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest kind of poop I've ever seen. Yeah, it, I don't understand. Why they would put a raccoon on Dead smack center. All this. Unless the raccoon has the magical ability to poop a million different ways. Unless a woolly mammoth may. maybe somehow pooped out a raccoon. I don't it's know. <laughs> like, that's weird. Your poop that looks like a raccoon. A... That would be true. I'm just going to warn people now. We're going to be talking about poop. Well, so if you're uncomfortable with that. If they didn't get that by the subject of, of this the, episode. It's true. That, that's on I just still, on feel, I still feel I need to cushion this. Cushion this a little bit. So Like yeah, how I'm going to say every animal looks like they're constipated by their the faces that they're making? Yeah, well, to be fair, <sighs> that's how he makes faces, even in books where there is no poop at all. That is just kind of how all his I mean, characters look. But it's true. They all look like they're concentrating very hard. I mean, they got ugh, the eyes. They got the eyes, the... yeah. And I think there's a missed opportunity on this page. Okay, says, so this is a page where you're seeing the rear ends of a bunch of animals with the type of poop. You're not seeing the front ends right. in any way, shape, or form. You're just yeah. seeing the tails of, like, eight different kinds of animals. And it says, different animals make different kinds of poop. That's great. Which is true. Yeah. And I saw this kangaroo, mm-hmm. and there's a missed opportunity. There should have been a wombat. Oh, yes, here. there should have been. And then cubes, because yeah. they poop out cubes. Square, it is square poop. This is yeah. true. This is like one that of the few things I know about wombat. That would have been very cool. And then the next, the next page says different shapes. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that have been cool to show like little yeah. squares? Come on, What's people. What's up with that, Taro Gomi? I mean, I'm going to write the next book. I think you should. going to be it's, just all about wombat poop, really. There's a market for it. I'll just say that, yeah. On the page, what does whale poop look like? Yes. They don't show it. No, they don't. But I looked it up. Oh, what? okay, what does it look like? Whale poop kind of looks like clay from the earth. It's like that orangish. Yeah. And it kind of has that same consistency. Okay. Yeah, it's like an orangish, reddish, brownish sort of clay. Okay. Consistency, yeah. There was a there was once a, a graphic novel uh, by Craig Thompson called Space Dumplings, where it was space whales, and it was all about their poop. So that's what I associate with whale poop. I know we all have our own personal associations <laughs> with whale poop. Yes. That's mine. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on this page, some poop here and there. It's just one rabbit. Yeah, but I think I if you owned a sick. rabbit, that seems yeah, that seems. I don't know. I think they need to take this to a that's vet. That's a lot that's of That's a pellets. lot from one rabbit. Yeah. I think maybe he's there's something going wrong. Perhaps. <laughs> he needs to see a doctor. Yeah, that's entirely possible. He doesn't look happy. Um, but then my question is, on the opposite page, it mm-hmm. says others do it in a special place. Mm-hmm. And there's a human kid running towards a bathroom. Correct. And then there's this guy. Yeah. Is this, what special place, I don't even know what that is. First of all, I don't know what that animal is. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, it looks and like a kind of a badger, but with longer legs, perhaps? I have no idea. And then is it... No, I guess it has all four legs. Okay. Yeah, so what is this animal, and why does he do it in a special place? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. Let's see. I don't... I don't know. I just You're don't know. You're the one know. who's supposed to have the answer. I don't have the answer. This is a weird-looking animal. It's like a red panda, but not red. And with small ears. How many books have we done that have shown penises? One... Do you count the 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 little house? Because there was those nudists swimming. There were, but there was no penis. Okay, so yeah. then I guess this is the second one. book. Oh, really? What? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, this little kid. 
There's multiple oh, yeah. times. Oh, yeah, that's true. There is a baby. Yeah. But you also, oh, yeah. I think yeah, you later on you see the, uh, the, the boys. The, the boys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. So now our tally makes two. Two! We're up to two penises. Two penises. <laughs> this is getting weird. Well All done. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I'm, I kind of. Oh, you're right. There, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's yep. the boys. Okay. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't like this one. Uh, it says, this one does it in the water. And yep. you have to really look. It's a poor printing job. Yeah, well. Um, it may well have been lighter on its initial run when it was originally published in Japan. But, yeah, you're right. That crocodile, it could be an alligator. Crocodile or alligator uh, just blends in. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that had been a lighter yeah, even like I think it's tannish I, color. I feel like he did it right, and it got printed wrong. But that that could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. Finally, on the it's the very last page where it says everyone poops. It's kind of like Ta-da! a it's like a like a everyone's taking their bows, but from the rear. But this is the only picture that shows the poop still attached to the butt. Yeah, on the human. Yeah. Yeah. No one else. There's there's distance between the yes. body and the poop. That's right. Except for. This boy, where it's still attached, that is what grossed me out. That's yeah. the only one that kind of made me go, ugh. Yeah, and it's funny because that is, in a way, it's kind of necessary because it is really drawing a connection between where the poop comes from. And I mean, it's... it's if it wasn't clear before, let's just, let's just reiterate it yeah. on the last page. It's incredibly clear. But... Then I decided to look up facts about poop. Oh no! All right. But what? But uh, but this goes back to the very beginning when I had three facts about yeah. July sixteenth. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a callback. I get it. Yep. So, along with landing on the moon, mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong also left four bags of poop behind. Oh. And on July sixteenth, nineteen sixty nine, Apollo eleven launched, carrying the first men to land on the moon. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Very also, when you see a shooting star, it may actually be astronaut poop. Really? Yep. A um, couple more facts for you. Hmm. The white sand beaches in Hawaii and in the Maldives are primarily made from parrot fish poop. Really? And finally, as a form of birth control, ancient Egyptians made an early diaphragm out of crocodile poop and honey. How did that I don't want to know. No. I don't want to know. No. I don't think that's worth it, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good with knowing that much information. Yeah. I don't need to know details. I don't know. All right. Well, that's that's fascinating details, I have to say. And go. to think of, I didn't think we'd have anything to talk about with oh, this book. Oh, man. So. This is... This well, it's is a... so simple. The text is, like, real easy. Yeah, I mean, I am I assume this is for very, very early age. I think age. it is. I think it's for the kid who is, you know, you're who forcing likes... to fit on the, sit on the toilet for hours trying to convince them that... And you can distract them thing. by the colors, mm-hmm. because every page is a different very color. Very beautiful art, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um... Perhaps some of his most beautiful art in, in many ways, which is funny to say, considering the subject matter. Um, so this book did not show up on my top 100 picture books poll back in the day. Not the first time, not the second time. Uh, but, 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 but. <laughs> you uh, said but. <laughs> but. Yeah, We're so yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> you could argue that this book is actually nonfiction. And therefore, did not belong on the picture books poll because that was a mostly fictional, that was entirely fictional poll. So that's, or it could just be it's not anyone's favorite book. 
Yeah. Could go either way. It came out in Tokyo uh, in 1977. Wait. Okay. But it came out in America oh, in, in 1993. Oh, so, a hat tip to the folks at Kane Miller who ran into this, oh, I don't know, at the Bologna Book Fair or something, and were like, this is the book <laughs> that we will bring to America. It was gutsy. There had not been a lot of poop books in America prior to this one. These days, if you want to, it's not so much books on poop, but if you want potty training books, you, you can't throw a stone without hitting ten of them. Needless to say, uh, when it came out, American pub, like, review journals had mixed feelings on it. I'm sure they did. Yeah, so... Because do you acknowledge and talk about it, about, like, how educational it could be? Or right. is it considered just a crude... Ah. Like, disgusting... I have the answer. Okay. So, Publishers Weekly and School Library Journal, two review journals of children's books, had very similar openings to their reviews. All right, here's how the Publishers Weekly began. Oh, so you, you would say at the top, everyone poops. And then they, they say, okay, so everyone does it. Does everyone have to talk about it? Right. And then SLJ began theirs. Well, yes, they do. But does anyone really need an entire book on the subject? Um, Publishers Weekly going on to say, uh, call it what you will, by euphemism or by expletive, poop by any name seems an unsuitable picture book subject of view not helped by this artless presentation. Artless? Artless. I would argue that. I would it, contest yeah. that as well. Now, contrast that with Kirkus. Kirkus took a far more professional tone, I would say. They began their review with, this straightforward graphic book was published in Japan in 1978. I would contest that. Whether the U.S. is ready for its unblinking look at a subject that naturally fascinates children and is basic to toilet training remains to be seen. I thought that was very canny of them. Yeah, I mean, the discussion of things like poop or sex, I mean, I feel like the U.S. is, one, behind in actually talking about it, and two, if they do talk about it, it's behind closed doors. It's not something you would do conversationally. You certainly wouldn't put it on the cover of a book. Right. Yeah. To be fair, the cover of this book does not show any poop. Correct. It shows an apple. Yeah. But it does not show And it shows poop. a couple butts. And a couple butts. Well, yeah. And then on the back page, it shows ice cream. <laughs> what the <laughs> heck is that? It's, ice, it's an ice cream sundae. That's most certainly an ice cream sundae with a and cherry two, on top. And two butts. And and uh, at least well, two. I guess you could call that. Two, but two two, focusing five. on two butts. That is insane. Okay. Mm. Never noticed that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and Kirkus ended theirs by saying it was candid and sensible, which I thought was very kind of them, hmm. considering that the other two review journals were needing the smelling salts. Um, oh, my stars. Oh, my stars and goddess. <laughs> Hand me my... Loosen my girdle. Why do we always resort to Southern when something is supposed to be inappropriate? Like, um, Hand me my smelling salts does, salts does not sound as good, like... Hand me my smelling sauce, hey! Like, no, that's with not... A, with a Yankee accent, yeah. you just gotta southern it up. You gotta, you gotta southern... put a little drawl in Because you can't gotta be like that southern lady who's about to... She's about just, to lose her mind. more refined? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyways. I blame Blanche Dubois. Um, so as you... But you have pointed out a very good point, and it's completely true. Poop is not common in children's books in America, but in other countries, you can't get away from the darn stuff. The One of the most famous British picture books out there 
um, is called The Story of the Little Mole Who Knew It Was None of His Business. Yeah, business? Yeah. Okay, it's a terrible title. Yeah, um, and it's really it's, long. Too. Well, and it's about a... A mole it's about that comes a mole. across poop that's not his? Uh, yes, except it's fallen on his head. He is unaware that it's there. Or no, he is aware that it's there, and he's trying to identify whose it is, and so he's going to different animals, and they're saying, no, my poop is in this shape. Oh. My poop is in this shape. This is huge in Britain. Honestly, I think I would actually like that book more than this one because that has a story yes, to it it does right so and that was actually an objection to this book when it came out they're like it's just vignettes it's not even yeah. like a story but again i would argue it's non-fiction you don't really need a story with non-fiction you can do it but you don't have to um it can almost be an easy reader yeah and you know i was trying to think like well let me think are there are there poop books that my kids enjoy and yes the answer is yes there's actually um there actually is a book that my son adores, which is about how the sewer system works. Um, and it shows where the poop goes and, where, and how it goes to the sewage treatment plant and what the sewage treatment plant entails. He, we have a, there's a great scene so of the... it's not all about poop. Well, it's about what happens to it, which I think is a very useful thing. And it's only thing. human poop. Yes, it's so... only human poop. So it's much more limited. And yeah. I might point out, a British import. <laughs> it is not an American book uh, originally. What's it called? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I was going to bring it, and then I forgot. And I was like, don't, okay, don't ask the question, Kate. Don't get, I'll put it in the sort in the show notes. People can, can see it there. I promise. I will do that. Oh, fun fact. Uh, in Britain, this book is called Everyone Poos. I also would prefer that. Yep. Yep. Well, it's a better word it's, in general. It's, it is a better word. Maybe people wouldn't be so offended if, like, every sentence in here said poo instead of poop. Like... Fish poo. Different animals make different kinds of poo. Seems funnier that way, too. Right? It's, it's kind of more dignified. Some stop to poo. Some poo here and there. Others poo in their diapers. Some animals poo and pay no attention. Yeah, but to the American ear, anything with a British accent is going to sound better anyway. That's true. Yeah. These poo by the water. I mean, if we got Benedict Cumberbatch to read this aloud... Uh, my world would be complete. It would be a, a uh, well, highly him desirable. Or uh, Morgan Freeman. I would listen to that. Too. Oh yeah, I'd listen to Morgan Freeman. He probably Morgan Freeman probably has Everybody read this already. Poops. Yeah, it would no. be. Is that your Morgan Freeman? <laughs> That's all I can do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll give it to you. Thank Why you. not? All right. Ratings time. Ba, 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 You're gonna ba, go ba, first. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Um. Is it memorable? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, is it informative? It is informative. It is probably the first nonfiction picture book we have done on this podcast. Um, is it necessary? And have it, I mean, has it been done better since then? And there have been a lot of books about uh, animal scat, we'll, we'll say, uh, since this book. Um, this one is the most memorable. It is... Perhaps not the most beautiful and perhaps not the best written. It certainly served its purpose when it came out. But I don't know that it is a necessity on a, on a bookshelf. So with full respect to Taragomi, who has since gone on to great things, I would say, great books, I'm going to actually give this just a, a four. I'm not, uh, I'm not absolutely enamored of it. Well, I, I was holding in my hand what number I was going to rate it because I didn't want your number to influence mine. So and what I was, was your number? My number is five. Oh, I see. 
because they missed an opportunity with the Wombats. Uh-huh. They did. Which would have been cool. They being he. Um, I don't like the last page with the poop still attached to the butt. Sure. Um, they missed an opportunity with the whale poo. I mean, that would have been oh, very yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, no. It, it, they're inconsistent, actually. And we don't know what that animal is. And we don't know what that and animal why is. It's... And why it needs to do it in a special place. See, this was before back matter. When they could have had back matter that said, here's this animal. Here's that animal. Here's yeah. some information here. Uh, Maybe it's only on an animal yes. that you would find in Japan. I don't know. I know. I'm quite certain it's an animal you would find in Japan. I just don't know what that animal is. Yeah. I mean, but... I mean, raccoons you can find anywhere. It's... I, I knew it was popular because I recognized the title. Yep. But, um, I'm pretty... I'm, like, right down the line with it. So yeah. So, if you want to call it a classic, sure. If you don't want to call it a classic, sure. I um, don't. Yeah, your your score has now made it not a classic. It's not a classic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... Yeah. it's yeah. I'm not going to say it hasn't served a, a purpose... I'm not, and I certainly don't want to side with SLJ and PW and be like, oh, how dare they? You know, that's not, that's not <laughs> how I'm judging it. didn't show up on your polls, and I guess it's, it, it didn't show up for a reason. Uh, precisely. Precisely. I think uh, at the time, it was quite shocking, and I don't think it's quite as shocking anymore, so sorry, everyone poops. Poops, Ev- Betsy. Let's, poops. Let's go the British route. You know what? Everyone loses. I think it's... <laughs> Does, am I the only one who hears this title and then thinks of that, that song, Everybody Hurts, but instead it's like, Everybody Poops? I'm the only one? Yep, you're the only right. one. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. I won't be alone anymore. Someone else out there will feel the same way. All right. Letters. All right. We got letters. Cool. Um, we had many, many, many messages from people asking where the heck we were. Aw. Uh, we're here. Hey, thank you, people. Hello. Uh, hello. Thank you for doing it. Um, not actually that many letters. We did get, uh, I did get into a discussion, a big discussion, uh, with mom. Oh. And it was about the spanking. Oh. In the story about Ping. Now, if any of you listened to that episode, the story about Ping, it stars Ping, who is a little duck who gets a spanking. Uh, if he's the last duck put on a boat. Right. Right. If he's the first duck or even the third duck, he's fine. Right. It's just if you're the last duck getting on the boat, you get spanked. So, Mom uh, takes issue with the idea that that's a spanking. She says, I would maintain that one spat is not a spanking. And the point of the book was showing daily peasant life in China with a teensy bit of plot to get you through. Uh, I would agree with her except for the fact that they say That was my point. That was my point. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then we had, like, it was... It was like the days of like the the Monica Lewinsky scandal when like everyone was like piecing apart like what's there mean what does it mean you know it was like what does spank versus spanking mean you know well this is it was also used both as a uh, you call it an onomatopoeia right Where yeah it's a, a sound effect yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's used as a sound effect and also as a verb true so true in sorry. this particular case sorry yeah. mom. Well, she also contends that Love You Forever is done in pastels, uh, which I think is entirely possible. Oh. I could not tell from looking at it. That could well be pastels. Sure. I could go and check the book. Meh. Meh. <laughs> let's just... Life's let's just, short. Let's just trust her and move on. I'm just going to trust her. <laughs> I'm going to trust her on this one. Thanks, Mom. All right. Uh, grown-up things we like. Grown-up things we like. Oh, I have too much. You have too much? I have too many things. I have one thing, but it's a little long, so... And you go first. All right. My thing is so strange. I'm going to strain against the tenuous strings of what one considers adult. 
with my selection. Um, because if by adult you mean only adults of a certain age will understand what I'm about to read, uh, then I say it counts. Uh, my grown-up thing is uh, Mr. Rogers versus Daniel Tiger conspiracy theories. Ah. Yes. So uh, with the current Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't Be right. My Neighbor, in theaters everywhere right now. Is it everywhere? I thought it was just selected theaters. Is it selected theaters? It's in Evanston. I just assumed it was everywhere. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm special. <laughs> anyway, in theaters somewhere, <laughs> says I. Uh, so I got you know. So I should I should preface this and say that um, years ago. Uh, so okay, I have to even back up beyond that. My children have been very into the Daniel Tiger uh, television show, which is based on Mister Rogers. It is sort of like uh, the next generation of those characters from the land of make-believe. All right, with me so far? Great. But there, but it's like an animated TV show. It's an animated TV show. Mr. Okay. Rogers is nowhere in sight. Correct. But there's a lot of Pittsburgh in it, so two thumbs up. Um, watching the show, they were oddly... Uh, they were oddly good at drawing out original Mr. Rogers references to a crazy extent. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that somebody emailed me a crazy conspiracy theory with Daniel Tiger that is very good um, and very smart, but it it kind of... The reason I want to bring this up is that it has a lot to say about the adult brain. When the adult brain has to watch a lot of children's entertainment solely, um, and this is solely like visual entertainment, I'm talking movies and I'm talking television shows, when you read a kid's book to a child, you can get a lot of nuance out of it. But when they watch a movie or a TV show, you cannot get a lot of nuance. You're, so your brain, to just exist, has to think beyond the confines of the story being presented and create crazy conspiracy theories. That's my theory. So anyway, uh, this fellow, Josh Avery, wrote me. And he had this amazing connection that he had found between an original story that involved... Um, Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West in Wizard of Oz, who was a regular, to mm -hmm. a certain extent, on Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I remember there was an episode where he put on her hat, I think. Yes, that you, there was. There was. And she was in the Land of Make-Believe and would pop up occasionally. Um, because that's how she do. Anyway, he's drawn a connection between this and how the witch foretells the future marriage of Daniel Tiger and what they will name uh, their daughter in years to come. And it all makes sense. I will put this in the show notes. It's an amazing uh, conspiracy theory and, and currently my favorite one right now. So cool. That's pretty site-specific. But, yep. <laughs> but, but, but I love it. Mine is about... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to try and condense it to just be about live shows. Okay. So in the past, what, week, two weeks, week and a half, I think. Sure. I have been to Las Vegas mm -hmm. and New York. Mm -hmm. And I saw three live shows. The first one, I saw Gwen Stefani uh, performing at her residency in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, if you are ever in the Las Vegas area, she does a show with Dancing Bananas. It's a thing. Uh, the second live show I saw was called Absinthe. It's also in Las Vegas. It's not a Cirque du Soleil show. Um, it's like... Uh, R-rated version of Cirque. Okay. Uh, it's very inappropriate. If you have a very sick mind, it's very entertaining. Um, Do they give you absinthe? 
They don't. Oh, well, then I, why would I go? <laughs> um, I mean, there's a green fairy in the show. Okay, that'll do. Um, but one of the best acts that I've ever seen in the history of ever Ooh. is two, these, this couple, they're on roller skates, and they do the most dangerous things I have ever seen. He's, he's on a, maybe a nine-foot round platform, and, she, and he's, like, either holding her or spinning her, or like whipping her around so her head is like inches, centimeters from the platform. And he, she's just, oh my gosh, it's insane. So Absinthe, very good show. Better than Starlight Express? I didn't see that. Okay. But I'm going to go with the yes. Okay. And then the last show was when I was in New York. I saw Harry Potter part one and two. Oh yeah. And I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. It was maybe in total like five hours, six mm-hmm. hours, but it flew by very quickly. They do things uh, not only on stage, but, I mean, things I've never seen done before. Um, And things that, let me just say, when you leave the theater, they give you a button that says, keep the secret. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to give away too much, other than you should see it. Okay. (laughs) All right. It's very entertaining. Yeah. See, yeah. this is, it makes me bitter, though, because I was into Harry Potter before it was cool, man. I was into Harry Potter about 15 years after the last book came out. Yeah, so. <laughs> see, how fair is this? And I have still not seen the stage show, and you have. And I was into it before it came to America. Slytherin uh, for life, what, what? Yeah, Hufflepuff forever, whoop, whoop. You're Hufflepuff? Sure, why not? Really? I don't know. I think I might have started out something else, but I'm clearly Hufflepuff now. I'm Slytherin. I think our master projectionist is uh, Gryffindor, mm-hmm. and we just need a Ravenclaw. I guess. Well, we've already mentioned Mom. She is Ravenclaw. There you go. Okay. So, uh, and Dad is actually Hufflepuff. So you must there, look after well, him. Well, it's genetic. You know, yeah. It passes down. I don't know so. where I came from. But... Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we have. So yeah, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Oh, and what? if you have what? any what? interesting poop facts, you should email us at no. fusekdate at gmail.com. Or, or, or anything that has nothing to do with poop at all, I would, I would say. But yes, do that thing. But poop would be interesting. It certainly would. Bye. Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekdate at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at fuseate. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons Kime, and our bounty hunter is Drew Etienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.